1: Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete. No go by the name of AFR Reddings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as Jeff Welcome to the show, Jeff.
0: Hey Pete, last week, hey?
1: Final podcast of the twenty twenty two season. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's gone quick really, um, in essence. Um but yeah, lots to reflect on and lots of movement in the in the top half. Those vying for a hat and in even the top five hundred there's there was a few shocks from the weekend, and, and I'm sure there's going to be more this week. And good luck to Matty Mottram and James for um, the final two. It looks like it's down to those two, and may the best man win. Yeah, for me, the biggest takeaway from this season is
1: the uh, obviously a few new coaches into the league, but definitely some some like tags back in vogue, and there's just some really big changes in game style, and yeah, there's much to dissect in the off season and, and to Pretty much to see what we come up with next year. But yeah, pretty much a cha- for me, what I've taken away from this season is a pretty much a changing landscape and it directly impacts fantasy. So um, that's certainly been one takeaway for me this year. All right, Jeff, let's get into it. It's a big podcast. Going to change a little bit of the structure this week, just obviously for the final week of the home and away season. And uh, hopefully that gives you some options heading into the final nine games. All right, call the rolls that are being set for premium options are making things difficult to finish the season, Chip.
0: Yeah, definitely, buddy. Um, We had Neil with the hard tag. Um, We've had g 2 you know, do their jobs on, on their players as well. And it's causing a bit of havoc in terms of consistency of scoring from our primos and a bit of up and down and a bit of trade strategy with it as well. I, I was one to trade Neil last week. The only thing is I, I traded him to Adam Chera, who <laughs> was a it was a laid out. So I'll, I'll look at this week again. You know, Andrew is not going to be immune to the Perryman tag. I think that's pretty obvious, and um, there could be some strategy at play. Yeah, Jackson Nelson to
1: Brayshaw last week. So Nelson comes in off, you know, pretty raw and does a pretty good job on Brayshaw. Set a field to Oliver last week, so that was pretty much you know, pre-game, Carlton was sort of talking that they were going to go hard, sorry, um, yeah, Carlton were going to go sort of pretty hard on one of the Melbourne mids, and Oliver was the prime target, so that did happen, and Oliver got there anyway, so um, he was, it was a big spike in his ownership last week, and obviously, you know, the big imp- impact of that Tribunal case, and then Cripps getting off, and that changed the game style, and that was a pretty dour top game, and yeah, like so all of it gets there anyway with you know, pretty much a solid uh attention from Centrefield there. Perryman to Liberatory last week was a bit of an option there and, and just the list goes on. It's just it's one after the other and Clark's in there for Sydney and yeah, it's just really gotta pay attention and really impacts trade. So again, I'll just reflect, it's on this season it's it's been like this is really now in vogue and what we're gonna come up with next year, it's just you know, you've just gotta really it's one of those things where we talk about, Jeb, you and I, is that you look at the number one midfielder and it's and it's potentially what we're going to look at for next year is we go to the second option. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast, so that might be something that we can consider for next year. Anyway, let's move on. So identifying matchups this week, favourable matchups, uh, could assist in a late jump in rank. Your thoughts there?
0: Well, yeah, that's obvious, isn't it? So we got Geelong playing West Coast, which is going to be a plus-six marking fest. Um, we got Suns playing North, so there'll be a day out there from Brandon Ellis and Took and, and maybe even Noah Anderson. Um, there's also Richmond v Essendon. I, interesting where Essendon's at, given the week they've had and how their players respond um, accordingly. We know Richmond don't tag, but, geez, if they're going to play for truck, it's, it's going to come through on their performance. So that one... I, I'm sort of on the fence on, but, yeah, I think Port Adelaide should go well against Adelaide as well in the showdown. So, yeah, lots to look at um, and lots to strategise.
1: Yeah, so I'm along the same lines of you, but, you know, that Port Adelaide and Adelaide game, that, that'll that be high intensity, high intensity. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be pretty much a loose checking game. So that's one maybe potentially to avoid so, because both teams will be on and, you know, both teams are missing finals, but both teams should be on for a showdown. Um, But we'll get through um, game by game this week on the pod. So that hopefully can assist you in identifying some options upcoming. All right, Chip, on to the next one. So just another reminder that teams out of finals contention can use this final game as a potential to change things up. And what we did see last week was a prime example. Uh, James Sisley, you know, he's quite versatile. So what Sam Mitchell wanted to do at Hawthorne is, you know, expose those young key defenders for Hawthorne because, you know, they're in a growth situation, you know, of their list development. So, you know, granger Barras gets some, you know, looks down back. And so Lynch just went to town on him. So he was just on fire and then eventually that Sicily had to go back. So just one of those, and and Sicily was in that centre bouncer. So it's just, he was way, it was way outside D50 and up in that midfield. And he was scoring quite well in that first half and, and still got there in the second half anyway. So, um, if that happens again this week, I, I'm not too concerned about what Sicily could score because obviously he did show both, you know, through the middle of the ground and, and back in D D50 that he's scoring that was quite solid. Um but yeah, it's just one of those things. Just got a reminder just to to pay attention to teams out of finals contentions, and, and it's just gonna once again it could throw up some different mixes what we could see this week. Jeff.
0: Yeah, and, and look, Saint Kilda probably won that. They're very, very unlikely. I think mathematically there's still a chance, but I think they've got to beat City by 100 points and then other things need to go their way. So they could try something. They might just throw in the towel a little bit. Port Adelaide still, again, more more time for Rosie and, and likes in the middle. I noticed they started Butters and Rosie a lot um, in the centre bounces. So, yeah, lots to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be any shock horrors in terms of this week, but, um, yeah, there's definitely the option of changing and, like you said, Hawthorne, just pulling some, some sort of left-field moves, um, and that can happen with any team.
1: Yeah, Hawthorne's probably the one to watch for me because Sam Mitchell, as we've seen most of the year, he'll change things up. Uh, and once again, Jeff, so as you mentioned already, we have a very close race to win overall title. Your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, look, I... Um, Unfortunately, Maddie probably didn't have the week he wanted. um, Given James made seventy odd points on him, so makes for exciting viewing for us. But I, you know, wouldn't want to be Maddie or James. And um, the variances are are minimal, and I think the strategy is obvious from both of them. So I had a quick look on Monday for both teams, and like I said before, let the best man win. And I. yeah, I assume they're spending hours and hours and listening to lots of pods and gathering as much information as they can. Yeah, absolutely. All the best.
1: And, uh, yeah, knuckle down and just you know, t- take care of that information load and yeah, make some clear decisions and then all the best. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the trade strategy going into this week and see where it plays out. And obviously we'll get some final viewing into those final couple of games on the Sunday to see where that's sitting. So, once again, all the best. Yeah, it should be interesting. Anyway, let's move on. Jep, we are talking AFL Fantasy. Season-long classic mode. This discussion is pre-round 23. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, August 16. And, of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. All right, Jep, let's get on to some ownership here. Uh, we'll zip through these. So uh, round 22, top 25 ownership, 20% or higher on ground. I'll slip below 20% on a few here. Into the Rucks, so Marsh Marshall, 96%. Max Gorn, 88%. Tim English, 68%. And he, you know, Stefan Martin back in that team, and that directly impacted the English last week. Uh, Riley O'Brien, uh, 12%. He's got a pretty good matchup this week um, because you would expect Finlayson and Dixon to do... Uh, the Ruck for Port Adelaide again this week. And Joe Gritz for Sean Darcy for with a monster game last week. And his matchup this week is actually still good as well there. So thoughts, Edger?
0: Yeah, I still think Gorn and um, Marshall the safe bets. Um, for those wanting the most points out of your Rucks this week, that's who I'd be going with.
1: On to the defenders, Jack Sinclair, 96%. Does he get the Ryan Clark treatment this week? So that'd be really interesting. Ownership could dive on him. And that's the last game, Jeff, so it's going to be really interesting there. Jordan Dawson, 96%. Uh, had a pretty decent showdown last time early in the year, so you'd expect that to be the case, and you know potentially that, you know, who, who knows if there's the, any attention there coming his way. Sam Doherty into the midfield last week. Obviously, he blew his down on mid, so he goes to the midfield. Uh, Mottler's score was outstanding, 96%. Jaden Shaw, 56%. Jack Crisp, 56%. Tom Stewart, pretty decent matchup, you would think, this week, was plenty of plus sixes, 52%. And guess, Pratio, sure, 36%. James Sisley, 28%. Aaron Hall, 20%. Interesting there at Hall because uh, he's under the roof this week. And Stevenson's likely going to miss, I, I, I think. So, you know, it's unlikely they're going to have to share. And of course, Hall gets that ball inside D50 quite a bit. You know, a ceiling game could be on the card. So, thoughts on any one of those, Jeff?
0: Uh, yeah, more the strategy of Sinclair and trading Crisp. So, very highly owned still. I think you can trade both. Sydney
1: needs to win to lock in second spot, so you've got to expect that they're going to be full on. So, yeah, Sinclair is a big watch out for TAG this week. Already onto the mids, yep. So, Tuke Miller 100%, Roy Lee, 96%, Carl Mills 96%, Jack Steele 96%, Andrew Brayshaw 92%, we'll get back to him. Zach Merritt 88%, Jack McCray 80%, Clayton Oliver 64%, did see a spike in ownership last week. Lucky Neil did see him nosediving ownership, but some of the top 25 did hold and it wasn't a good outing. 32%, Christian Pachayka, 20%, and Patrick Cripps, 16%, Sam Walsh, 12%. Both have pretty decent matchups against the Collingwood midfield this week. So thoughts here, a couple of questions here for you, Jeff. Andrew Brayshaw, do you trade or
0: not? Uh, You do if you can, yeah. If you've got the luxury, well, if there's no other pressing matters, I think you definitely do. I'd bet my house that Perryman goes to Brayshaw.
1: Yeah, and Justin Longmuir did say that uh, via Ryan Daniels tonight on, on Seven Purs, So they're expecting that uh, five. I believe comes back into the ten this week, so that might help out Brayshaw. Brayshaw last two games against JWS 110-127, but that's not without that, uh, that's not with Perryman uh, for body and tag. Uh, Brayshaw can still get there anyway, but you know, obviously that he's. Ha- had a pretty much a lockdown role the last few weeks and it has impacted uh, greatly who he has gone to. So uh, I'd be blending on the side of trading there as well. And the other one there is uh, Patrick Cripps, lower ownership and Sam Walsh, lower ownership. I would expect to win pretty decent matchups this week. Chip, yep, there would be a couple of targets I'll be looking at. Also,
0: there? Yeah, comes really struggled last weekend. Um, no ebb and flow in their game. Doherty loved him in the middle as well but um, Cherish should be back. I think they all, you know, what's on the line for Carton? I don't think they're going to die wondering. And Walsh is a leader in his gut running and ability to get around the ground. So if he, he's the one I'd take out of Cripps um, or Walsh, or obviously chair as well. So I think he goes first in terms of score. And then Cripps, yeah, I don't see the game being a contested game. Um, Collingwood pay like Richmond where it's a bit of chaos ball, fastball, not... So much a contested game, so again that suits Walsh ahead of Cripps.
1: On to the forwards there, Jeff. so Josh Dunkley 100%, Marcus Bontempelli 96%. Now interesting with Bontempelli, he's carrying an adductor injury. So I would I would suspect, well this is my theory, is that if the Bulldog if that game this week for the Bulldogs didn't mean anything, um, I would expect that Bontempelli wouldn't be playing. So um, Luke Beveridge and his post-game presser alluded to the fact that he's struggling a little bit. It's obviously not 100%, and a lot of players aren't at this time of year. But, yeah, he's carrying uh, an injury. So, yeah, it's thankfully that that game means something for the Bulldogs. So, yeah, that he should be playing this week. But, yeah, just keep in mind that he is actually injured and playing. On to Luke Parker, 96%. Bailey Smith, 72%. Will Brodie, 56%. Stephen Canelio, 44%. Dillamore, 28%. Harry Himmelberg, now, a few um, giants are struggling for um, to field a team, so they've got their injury list is monster. So yeah, some obviously some different roles in that team. There was a little bit of an elevated risk last week that Himmelberg um, would play forward, uh, but what you're looking at there is oh, I would suspect that he's going to stay back now. But yeah, there's always an option that he can flip. But yeah, I would expect that he's playing in defence this week. Uh, but, yeah, he can get there with a pretty big ceiling game. You know, and Fremantle can hold on to the ball there as well. So, you know, his score might be limited somewhat, but, you know, he's still got a monster ceiling there if Fremantle do get on a roll and he is inside D50. So thoughts on any one of those?
0: Jeff? Just with Bonds, I um, I think he might get the tag as well from Finn McGinnis. So, you know, Sam Mitchell could go to Bailey Smith um, as well, who's just a damaging or liver. So just be wary of that. um. For Himmelberg, yeah. They they brought in Stein, they brought in Keefe and those two defenders both played forward. So Himmelberg's definitely playing back. Um, there's no doubt about it. After that strategy last weekend where I expected Himmelberg to play forward, he, um, he still played back and they played defenders forward. So that shows me or tells me how much they value him behind the ball. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be so definitive, but I, I would expect it in, I would just leave it at expected that he would play in defence, but yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't be so definitive to say it's an absolute certainty. But anyway, we'll see how that plays out this week. Alrighty, so we're going to go into game by game, and then hopefully we can pull out a few targets for you this week. So Brisbane-Melbourne, motivation for Brisbane and Melbourne is quite high, uh, both chasing a top four spot. Uh, games at the Gabba, conditions are fine, and this should be a highly contested type game. Uh, potential tag situations, Lockie Neal. Clayton Oliver, possible options to look at. Gorn, McClugage, Petrarca and Bonnie Thoughts, Jeff?
0: Uh, I like Oliver still. I don't think, um, you know, Matheson or any other Brisbane player, for that matter, can put too much time into him. I, I feel like, again, they're both playing for a top four. It's going to be a, a mini-final. Um, there's a lot on the line, and I just expect Melbourne to come up on top, given... Recent form, I know it's not at their home ground and and all of that, and it's at the Gabba, but, um, you know, when the the switch needs to be on, Melbourne can do a lot of damage. So, yeah, Oliver to do the work, Gorn, he's led from the front for the last month and been phenomenal and probably hasn't got the kudos he deserves either. Onto to GW West versus Fremantle. So the games at Marnika
1: Oval in Canberra, so conditions are fine. Motivation for GW West, there is none, but they still do have intent in their game. Fremantle, the motivation is very high, so they want to finish top four, and that could happen with a win. Potential tag situations we've we'll talked about, Andrew are uh, certainly Perryman, that looks like it's going to happen this week. And possible options there, Lockie Whitfield, Josh Kelly, Stephen Caniglio, Harry Himmelberg, and also on Fremantle's side. Good match-up for Sean Darcy. Thoughts there, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I like Himmelberg still. There's, I think they can deal with their tall timber in terms of Frio's tall timber, and Himmelberg can play that third tall and peel off mark. So expecting a big one from him. Canelo likes scrap. I don't think Fremantle will give him any attention as well. So some big ceiling scores in this game, just more from the Giants then. Plenty of space at
1: over there as well, so plenty of plus sixes available in that game if it plays out that way. We're already on to North Melbourne versus Gold Coast. Um, I think this is a pretty much a green light for this game. I think we could see uh, some plenty of big scores, both sides of the ball for me. So the game's at Marvel Stadium, obviously uh, conditions will be fine. Uh, motivation for North Melbourne and Gold Coast, both have none, both going to miss finals there as well. Uh, but both seem to have pretty good intent into this game there as well. So for me, it could be a free flowing top game. Uh, potential tag situations. Uh, North could go after Miller, but yeah, keep that on the radar. I don't think it's a trade situation, but yeah, just keep that on the radar. And possible options there for me would be Luke Davies, Uniacki, uh, Jai Simpkin, Aaron Hall in D50, and Noah Anderson there for me as well. I, said, yeah. uh,
0: I wouldn't put it past uh, Gold Coast actually providing a bit of attention to Aaron Hall. They have done it in the past. Um who, who it may be who knows but just don't be surprised if that does happen but ultimately yeah big games from Noah anderson and took miller here it's um miller especially i think it's 120 plus all the way
1: on to geelong versus west coast so this could be a plus six first um games at gm hba stadium a uh, possible randoms this game so just check out forecast there. Uh, motivation for geelong west coast there's probably none for either Geelong began to finish on top and West Coast are just in development mode there as well. So, again, for me, uncontested type game is quite possible here. Uh, potential tag situations. Obviously, Cam Guthrie could be a target for Nelson this week. Uh, possible options there for me. Uh, Tom Stewart, uh, Blix- Blixars for me, and Mitch Duncan there as well, back in the team hopefully this week. Thoughts, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I do like Duncan, and I do like Tom Stewart. Um, you're right, so with Geelong... Finishing top, maybe they do rest a few, like Guthrie, who maybe hasn't rested. I I don't know. I know we all have the bye, or the AFL has the bye next weekend, but, um, you know, I don't put anything past along these days. So just keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, if Duncan plays, it's going to be a plus-six fest, um, and it's going to be pretty one-way as well, no matter who plays. So, um, yeah, lots of high scores. Um, I do think Tom Stewart would turn up, but I don't think it's the big ceilings for all I'm expecting. Yeah, a lot of people
1: would have been looking at Jeremy Cameron in this game to see uh, if he can hit the common medal. So that was a pretty much a potentially a pretty good target to hit. But, you know, don't forget, West Coast are actually pretty strong defensively. So, Brass in that D50, man, like. Like he is just having an awesome year, so it's a
0: pleasure to watch.
1: Yeah, he's having a really awesome year. So it's not really, you know, and for talking about Hawkins there, you know, oh, that's why I didn't mention him because, you know, that, that that Eagles defense is getting quite solid at the moment. And when you got brass back there, man, no way, no, no, nothing's getting past him. I wouldn't, wouldn't imagine. So that's why I did not mention Tom Hawkins there. But Cameron would have been certainly one, you know, because obviously he can roam outside the uh, 450 there as well. But it's not going to happen. He's going to miss the final game with a hamstring injury. Already on to the next game. So this one could be, you mentioned it earlier, so who knows where Essendon's going to be at after the week that they've had. And, and last week, let's just talk about footy here. Last week, they were absolutely horrible. They just gave gave up plenty to Port Adelaide. And just Port Adelaide could do what they want with no change, It was like flag football. You know, They just ran through Essendon the like there was no, no tomorrow. And then, the inside, for, you know, going inside forward 50, there was no opposition on some poor players, and they were just way off. Like, that's that's as bad as I've seen a team for quite a long time, and that is actually saying something, because obviously I watch every game, but that was that was really bad. So if that happens again this week, Jeb, oh, i got to imagine Rich, Richmond could go to town on Essendon, and they, exactly what they did to Hawthorne last week. You know, Lynch is in this option uh, potential this week, and... Yeah, you know, if Essendon don't show anything, that actually could be embarrassing this week. So let's see how Essendon play out the week. Obviously a bit of turmoil with their head coach, so see how that plays out. Um, not saying either way what's going to happen, but, you know, obviously if Essendon put out that type of performance again, you know, yeah, we we could be talking Shy Bolton here. We could be talking Prestia man. He could be in in the mix there as well. I don't have them listed, but you know, because obviously Caldwell might be out, might be able to do a job. And you know, Rutten might or whoever the senior coach is, they might want to set some jobs this week to obviously sharpen up a little bit. So yeah, this game is potential. Uh, but yeah, let's just see how the week plays out for them anyway. So. Uh, for me, obviously, so it's the games of the MCG, possible range, so just keep an eye out for that there as well. Uh, it's not going to be too damaging, I wouldn't have thought. So motivation here, Essendon, there's none. Richmond, there's none. So for Richmond, they're going to finish 7th rate, 8th, either or either. So there's no real reason here to go hard. But, you know, if, if Essendon aren't going to provide any type of opposition there, Richmond could do what they want. So, again, it could be a free-flowing top game. Um, don't have any potential tag situations, so... Uh, let's see how that plays out. You know, just just keep in mind if if um, Essendon do, you know, if there's a bit of noise out of Essendon pre-game, that they might want to sharpen out, up some roles and you know give some you know identify some tag situations. But I wouldn't have thought so. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind. Possible options for me on Essendon's side of the ball, I think Merritt and Parrish could get there. Obviously, high ceiling type players. And for me, if you know if Essendon put up that sort of D50 pressure last week on key forwards and uh, ball, ball coming inside their D50, it could be a free for all for Tom Lynch. So oh, I wouldn't be too dismissive of people are going to Tom Lynch here. Obviously, key forwards aren't really a focus for season long fantasy, but we're talking about the final uh, round of the season where you're looking for a specific score on a specific matchup in one game and one game only. And if Essendon put up that effort from last week, man, Tom Lynch could just go nuts. So he did. He had um, eight goals midway through the third quarter last week, and that was against you know pretty. It was a better defense than what Essen put up last week. So he could get there with a big score this week. So it might be an option there this week. So
0: thoughts on all that, Jack? Yeah. Look, I think in terms of what Richmond have provided us through the year uh, with fantasy scores, they're typically not renowned for big scores as a team. Obviously, a lot of us have shortened the team, and I think he will go okay. Um, there'll be a bit a little bit of free ball for him. It's just how Essendon respond because, like you said, if they put up a performance like they did against Port Adelaide, you wouldn't think they would, given it's the last game of the season and it's a long preseason to to live with those last two weeks. But who knows how the players are reacting to the news of Truck and new coaches and and whatever else? So uh, I am actually sh- don't know how it could go. They they yeah. they might not respect Truck enough to go hard. Um, and then it's going to be a, a, yeah, a plus six fest and, a, and a, yeah kick to kick, or it's on and um, and they put their head over the ball and parish and merit and and those usual suspects will should turn up. So um, yeah, I, I I can't pick it. I can't um, say you know trade merit or bring in parish or. You know, you should be aware of this or that and the other. I think it's just, let's see how the game plays out. If you're a merit owner, you just hold. Um, you obviously don't chase and um, and hope for the
1: best. Yeah, there's certainly some unknowns in this game. So we'll see how the way plays out. It might provide some opportunities based on what happens. But, yeah. yeah, it could be a bit of turmoil there. But we don't know. Again, plenty of unknowns there. Already on to the next game, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. So this is a showdown-type game. Uh, And this will be high intensity. Um, So showdowns generally are. And that game early in the year was very much that case as well. So Adelaide Oval, possible rain. So just keep an eye out for that. That's probably the worst forecast for the week. So yeah, just keep an eye out for that one. So motivation, Port Adelaide and Adelaide. Both going to miss finals. But I've got the motivation here for both teams is high. Because showdowns just produce it all the time. Um, Again, and each showdown has high intensity. I think this could be a wholly contested type game there as well. Uh, potential tag situations for me. Ollie Wines for Port. So Barry could you know, match up against Wines. And that's a pretty good matchup for Adelaide there. And I've got Dan Houston in here as a potential tag situation. Obviously, people would have looked at his score last week and thinking he's an option this week. That's the case. But we did see, you know, we have seen Ben Keys go back and run with... Um, Adam Sard there. So that's a potential option um, for Matthew Nix this week. So I reckon, you know, Dan Houston might be uh, targeted here a little bit. So that's maybe one, for me, I'm pretty strong on this. It's maybe one to avoid straight up there as well. I will see how that plays out, but, yeah, just keep an eye out for that one there as well. So possible options here, Jordan Dawson, you know, uh, he, he could actually be targeted there as well but I've got him in there here as an option to uh, be a target uh, Rory Led there as well uh, Riley O'Brien for the matchup against Finlayson you would think mostly and you know, potentially Dixon there as well and Connor Rosie there as well uh, maybe you could throw even Zach Butters in there as well so thoughts there Jeff
0: yeah definitely a big game from Rory O'Brien um, Riley think, O'Brien sorry Riley O'Brien um, definitely a big one from him i oh. I think Laird gets the um, the tag and um, is a bit subdued. Really strange last week against North Melbourne, the way he was used. It was almost like he was rested in-game <laughs> and protected. So um, that was a bit of a shock. But, yeah, it's – look, there's not going to be too many big scores, ceiling scores in this one. Like you said, it, yeah, it's, um, it's likely, given what happened in round three, that it's – that's a good contest and um, a good game of footy to watch, not so much from a fantasy point of view.
1: Yeah, I agree. This game could be limited somewhat. But, you know, it's, it's not really a good one to identify that, you know, a couple of, couple of players or certain players are going to get off the chain there. So, yeah, it might be one to avoid for targets. But if you do have certain type players like Dawson, that uh, could be a good, good situation. But Lead, obviously is uh, going to be obviously highly owned in there. So it's just a hold. Uh be interesting to see if anyone chooses the captain or vice-captain option through that game there as well. Alrighty, let's get on to Sunday. So it'll be the final three games of the season. So let's get through those, Jeff. So Hawthorne and Bulldogs. I've got this as pretty much as a green light top game. Uh, games at uh, Utah Stadium. Conditions should be fine. Uh, motivation for for the Hawks, uh, none. And they're trying certain things there as well as what we discussed earlier. Uh, for for the Bulldogs, the motivation is very high. So a win and they're still alive if Collingwood can get the job done on Carlton later on. So their motivation is really high. Uh, obviously can still play finals there. So, But for me, this could be a free-flowing game. So uh, that's pretty much what it was last week against Hawthorne. So that was for the Tigers. And we know the Bulldogs are a high-possession top 10 there as well. So you've got to imagine that a few Bulldogs players might get off the chain here for me. So potential tag situations, uh, yeah, well, I, I I was like you're thinking in there earlier. I've got Marcus Bonds and Pally as a potential tag situation or Tom Liberatore. So uh, we thought along those same lines. And again, we, we didn't meet pre-pod and discuss this pre-pod, but we were thinking along the same lines there. So it's interesting there. I'll just repeat the adapter injury for Marcus Ponton Pally. So uh, fortunately, the Bulldogs need to win this game, so I would expect Bond does play. But yeah, I reckon if the Bulldogs didn't need to win this game or this game didn't really matter in any any type of way, I reckon Bond would not be playing. Alrighty. So possible options for tar- to target um, for potentially high-selling top games: Jack McRae, Bally, Smith, uh, James Sisley. Either way for me, you know, D50 or through that midfield is good for me. And and Dylan Moore still getting it done. So. You know, hopefully he gets some more looks inside that midfield um, this week and you know he can get there. But he does spend a little bit of time there forward as well. So he did, his ceiling might be limited somewhat, but I still think he's good for a pretty decent score. So thoughts there, Jack? Uh
0: Yeah, I, I think the Bulldogs are 1% behind um, Carlson or well, near enough. So they'll, they'll come out blazing and I, I think they'll play attacking footy. I think Bailey Smith is one that can kick goals and Dunkley um, Dunkley will be in my captain calcs this week as a result of that so yeah, a bit of shotgun footy, a bit of attacking footy the way dogs normally play um, yeah, it's going to be high scoring so staying away from the Bont um, and he's a trade target, for, well, a trade for, for owners, sorry absolutely no doubt um, he can pull the lever there so, um, but then, yeah, Sicily, if he's going to have a free reign again like he did last week, he basically never had an opponent. It was quite funny watching that stoppages. No one went near him because it was just con- too confusing for, for Richmond um, to, to see what he was doing so close to the ball. So, that might happen again and it might be interesting. So, a high ceiling s- score from Sicily could happen. On to the next one. So, Carlton Collingwood, this game is on. Uh, Collingwood chasing top
1: four. And uh, Carlton are chasing a final spot. So, you know, let's go back to the Bulldogs and Hawthorne game here. You know, that game will kick off for Carlton and Collingwood three-quarter time. So, you know, if the Bulldogs are in front, Carlton will pretty much know their fate entering that game as kickoff to see where they stand. But, yeah, now, potentially the opposite could happen. The Bulldogs could be out and Carlton could be playing know that they're playing finals but yeah i would expect the bulldogs to get the job done so it might be tight but i still think they get there in the end so it's full on for carlton there as well all right so let's get into it so game mcg with his fire motivation carlton yes hi collingwood yes hi top four for collingwood and carlton for, for flat out for finals uh potential tag situations nick dacos you know he's been targeted obviously high quality high selling type player in his first year uh, possible options here Uh Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh, Sam Doherty, and I think Darcy Cameron's actually pretty much in a decent matchup this week. So obviously still a dual rack set for Collingwood, but, yeah, we know he has a pretty decent ceiling there as well. But at the MCG, I think he's a pretty decent chance to hit a good score. So thoughts on any one of those,
0: Was the weather good there, Pete? I, I missed that. Uh, the, team, weather's, uh... the weather's fine, so for me... It... Yeah, sorry... It'd be fun to see 80,000 odd at at the G for that game. Um, Passionate supporters from both ends, going to be a cracking match. And look from from fantasy point of view, like I said, Walsh is the pick of the bunch for me for Carlton. And then Collingwood, I think, Crisp Crisp's role last weekend was just so confusing. He was neither at the ball or behind it, he was in between the the amount of times the ball went over his head was frustrating watch versus the Swans so it's a trade there no doubt about that and I think that's going to be pretty common but yeah, looking forward to the spectacle from a footy fan point of view and fantasy wise I mean, yeah, it's it's really with Walsh, Darcy Cameron like you said could pop up but um, I think it lies with Walsh Okay, the final game here is St
1: Kilda versus Sydney. So, game Marvel Stadium, obviously, weather conditions fine. Motivation for St Kilda, extremely, extremely unlikely. So, they're going to miss finals. The results are just too extreme to be considering that they're going to play finals. Uh, so, let's see if they just flatten out this week. They could be really flat. So, let's see how that plays out. And if that's the case, you know, Sydney could go to town on them. So, again, the Swans. Uh, Pretty much have to win to finish second and that'll guarantee themselves home finals if they if they can win throughout to the grand final so their motivation is quite high potential tag situations Cal mills uh, could be targeted chad warner uh, could be in that same situation so Windhager could be it's either either and we know that mills does start a lot out in the wing so you know chad warner might be the target there so let's see how that plays out there this week um, and we know that you know Owens has done specific roles in that team there as well, so he might be uh, set for a role. So you know Brett Ratten has talked up um, previously or the last few days that they, you know they still want to you know finish off the season well and head into next, next year. But you know when you're talking about a, a large group of players, you know their final chances are there at the door. That everyone has to be on the same boat, and all you need is a bit of a drop off from you know three or four of them, and Sydney could just go to town on them. So we'll see how that plays out. I think Sydney get the job done. Uh, Saints could be a little bit flat. So potential targets, uh, potential tags for St Kilda, Uh, Jack Sinclair. So potentially Ryan Clark uh, hits up um, Jack Sinclair at a defence. And Jack Steele could be targeted there as well. So, you know, if Robottom gets in there and matches up against Steele, he could be a target there. And again, I'll just hit on this. is just a changing landscape in fantasy. You know, 12 months ago, it was hardly a tag running any, every, anywhere, Jeb. So now we just we really have to focus in on it. because It does impact scores quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, just keep an eye out there for that one there as well and possible options uh, to target. So, not um, obviously, Luke Parker's quite owned already, but Brad Crouch on the other side, I don't think he would get the attention for the Saints. So, thoughts on any one of those, Jim?
0: I think Ryan Clark definitely goes to Sinclair. There's no doubt about that. I actually think Winghager will go to Parker. Um, Interesting. Yeah, you go heart and soul, and um, he's definitely the heart and soul of that football club. That's how I'd be doing it, whether... Saints match committee can think that Winghager can do the job or do a better job on Warner who's not so much used to a tag and probably easier to tag if that's even a phrase Um, then that's up to them but um, yeah there's going to be a lot of strategy in this game like you said it's the last game of the season fantasy wise I think you don't be shy I mean Sinclair's still going to have some kick-ins and a few possessions but yeah, you could pull the lever on and trading Sinclair. Um, I would hold Parker just in case. And then Mills. I don't think Mills is really a threat. And if he gets tagged, he's just going to play that goalkeeper role again anyway to shake it. So, yeah, there's this is an interesting game. Um, an interesting game for the final round of the home away season too. So, I think we'll all come down from the Carlton-Collingwood game with... A bit of wow factor, I think that's going to be a classic contest but yeah, there's a bit to play out in this Sydney St Kilda game too. Yeah, and just on Brett Ratton, so he did the very hard sell that they
1: were going to McCluggage last week and it was pretty obvious to me that he was doing the hard sell, every, you know, every media outlet that he was doing, i go, man, this is too much, they're actually straight up going to Neil, and I don't think there's any chance it's going to be McCluggage there as well. So, um, pretty much, I'm Pretty much going to ignore Ratton, what he comes out with now this week. So if he does say that we're going to go to one play, I'm just going to ignore it because um, I'll have my thought process of who he's going to. But yeah, you know, obviously, yeah, Parker could be an option, but you know, they could flip as well. Um, But the other option here for. St. Kilda, now that they're um, pretty much finals is finished, is it you know, they might just let Hager just win a bit of ball there. So, yeah,
0: true. You know,
1: that's a potential option there as well, that they just actually don't run any tag So, you know, from that Parker's point of view, because he does have ownership and obviously Mills in there as well, that'd be a really good situation. And I think, that, you know, Saints could be a little bit flat after, you know, their season is now pretty much finished. All right, Jet, let's move on. I'm going to finish off the podcast here. So, okay, on to a few key players for the listeners time to play like or dislike for the final time of the season we're going to do an 18 pack so thank you for sending those in as always throughout the year uh very much appreciated obviously already so Patrick Cripps um, I actually lost still like the pick here
0: yeah um I do too but like I said Walsh to score more but yeah Cripps should do well as well yeah Walsh should be tick for me as well uh, Tom Stewart I do like the pick yeah like as well it's pretty obvious against uh, a breeze free game against West Coast
1: Marcus Bontepelli, don't like it. Injury, as we've discussed a couple of times here as well, and potential tag there as well. So just a dislike here for me, for Yeah,
0: straight straight dislike for me too, mate. It's um, There's too many red flags.
1: Yeah, Dane Zorko, I'm going to actually say dislike here. Um, that game's going to be highly competitive. Uh, Zorko needs a little bit of loose ball there as well, so I just think that game's going to be highly intense. So that, goal, that ball could be zipping between uh, both half-back lines, so that yeah, it's right in the range of Zorko. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for me, just, you know, it's an early trade there as well. So, you know, I just want to be just making sure that you finish off the season quite well. So, that you know, if you don't have him, that's a, that's a trade on uh, first game, and that's something that I wouldn't do. So uh, plenty of uh, negatives there for me to say dislike.
0: Dislike as well, and it's interesting because James, the James-Madimotra matchup, that's one of the uniques. So James has got Sorko, he needs a big game out of him, and I just can't see it happening. Onto Christian Petrarca, uh,
1: same situation. Game should be pretty intense. I think Petrarca's okay, but yeah, maybe a better option there for this week. So uh, I, I still like a little bit, but it's not really a, a massive like here.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say like. I think he'll turn up, but it might not
1: be a high selling game. Dan Houston, love his game, love his fantasy game, but I think he's he could be set for a take this week. So big dislod, big dislike there for this week, Jeff.
0: Yeah, dislike for me as well. There's um, better options for defence in my opinion. Mitch Duncan.
1: Uh, well, obviously I'm expecting his name to be mentioned uh, this week in the team. So, but I think it's going to be a pretty much a you know uncontested plus six type range game. So uh, big like here for me.
0: Yeah, I really like it too, mate. Like.
1: Uh, Callum Mills. Uh, I don't think it's a, a trade situation, but um, yeah, last game of the season. I mean, maybe. But I, I still think it's a hold here. I think, you know, I'll sit on the fence of saying that Hands could be a little bit flat and that Mills could actually go to town. We know he's got a very large ceiling, yep, so it's still a like here for me.
0: Yeah, like for me too. Again, I, I agree. There's scores that are going to come and, and yeah, he, he should score well. But um, it's just the way the style the style of the game happens. He's starting on a wing. He got a lot of marks, Mills, against, um, against the Pies, and that might get, well, that should tighten up for this matchup. So, yeah, I wouldn't trade him in, but I wouldn't trade him out either. Uh, Jack Sinclair, uh,
1: big tag potential this week, so uh, dislike here for me.
0: Yeah, it's a strong dislike for me as well, mate.
1: Tom Lynch, uh, Richmond. So, uh, if, if Essendon put up what they put up last week, Lynch could go nuts. So, you know, this is the only, pretty much the only time we get to sort of pick and choose key forwards. So, I'm actually saying I like this pick here. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I'm, if, I think I'm doing it just to finish off, too.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, look, I wouldn't. Even if he kicks five goals, he still might not turn up. That's, that's sort of where my head's at. Um, yeah, I'll say dislike.
1: Yeah, he's. I think he's around about seven behind in the common, which you know, he probably needs to put up ten, and that's in the range of possibilities based on what have Essendon put up last week. So, you know, they, they, the Tigers might actually just get onto this and say, you know what, we reckon he could just,
0: Punching
1: They're a beat. team. They're beat. definitely a team that would do it. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think I'm actually going to do it here just to finish off. Uh, not that my season matters anyway, but um, yeah, I think I might just do that one. What well, did Lockyer? So in the range of Petrarca and Oliver and all that, you know, potentially you could see some opposition there as well. Uh, not as tough as I, I would I expected. What he did see last week, but you know, because Melbourne like to do, uh, Melbourne do like to hunt the ball there as well. But yeah, obviously. And my thought process here with this game is that, you know, there's going to be um, plenty of clearance and stoppages, and that's where, you know, some of these matchups are going to occur, and they're just to, then they're just going to go off in all their separate ways, I would imagine. Uh, so, Lockie you Neal, know, I, th- I don't think he's a trade out. Most, most highly ranked coaches traded out last week, but, you know, if you're still holding, I think it's still a pretty decent hold here. So, I'm going to say for this week, actually, I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, I, I still like it against Melbourne. I don't think. Um... They're going to tag with with the way Angus Brayshaw is being used and and that strategy there. Harms has been the sub for the last couple of weeks. So um, they're just going to go head-to-head and Zorko... Uh, sorry, uh, um, Neil yeah. will have a free run at it. Yeah, so it's um, you know he'll turn up. Whether he gets a ceiling game is how the game plays out. I think it's unlikely it goes 120-plus, and that's what I'm looking for in my players. But um, it is a chance, so I'll like, say Darcy Parrish here, I don't mind a pick. Uh, Richmond aren't going to shut Essendon
1: down whatsoever through that midfield, so I think Parish could get to work. I actually don't mind the pick
0: here. Uh, also dislike, yeah. I just, again, like I said earlier, I don't know where Essendon's at as a football club and as a team and, and their leadership group, so um, I'm not expecting miracles. I'll dislike. Brandon
1: Ellis, now there's a bit of left field pick, but obviously the game situation under the roof, kangaroos... Gold Coast. I don't think it's going to be highly intense. Uh, both teams obviously missing finals. You know, Ellis can get to work, and we know he has a monster ceiling. So I actually like the pick. Here.
0: Yeah, no, I really like the pick. He um has a history of going pretty large in games um you know with dry weather and under the roof, just like Marvel Marvel is. So yeah, I um you know if we think of the Brandis, Brandon Ellis of old. He's a mark kick guy, and that's the way the game will play out. So it's a big like. Lucky Whitfield. Uh, yeah, I
1: don't mind the pick here. It he was actually outstanding again last week. So a bit of form here to, for Whitfield to finish off the season. I actually like the pick.
0: Well, if they're going to play kick to kick in their back fifty, G2S, then it's it's a big like. And I <laughs> look, it was frustrating to watch, but I think it it really worked and, and frustrated the opposition in car uh, in the Bulldogs. So. Bulldogs still got the the game done and, and game won, um, but yeah, I'll say like on Wakefield. On to Team English.
1: So this is probably comes down to the to selection on Thursday night uh, and which will be Friday night because uh, the Bulldogs do play on Sunday. Now the Hawks run, now the Hawks run with one ruck. That's Ben McEvoy. That's obviously his final game. Great career, uh, permission player there as well for the Hawks. But, you know, back into English, you know, if if Bevo wants to match up one ruck versus one ruck, I think it's a good situation for English again. So, you know, this is all about team selection. You know, it it might even be a late change on on a Sunday that, you know, Martin comes out of that team. But yeah, interesting to see how Bevo plays it this week with team selection. So that's one we need to monitor news on with those that do own team English. So if it's without Martin... Uh, I do like the pick for English, but if it with its if it is with Martin, uh, yeah, I don't like the pick. So based on team selection, they are my choices there, Jeff.
0: I can 100% agree with you. I just like I said, I think it's going to be a run and gun style of game, so not expecting Stefan Martin to play. Um, but I've been wrong plenty of times before, so yeah, let's see how that plays out. It's yeah, like you said, totally up to team selection.
1: Jaden Short, I actually like this pick. Obviously against the Bombers, and you know Short just could get to work here. And he, we know he has a pretty high ceiling when he gets going, so I really like the pick here.
0: Well, if um, Tommy Lynch wants the ball delivered to his chest ten times, I think the best kick in that side is Jaden Short. So, yeah, I'm expecting a pretty decent game out of him. Again, not massive ceiling, not 120 plus, but up 95 to 100 is is where he should hit against Essendon. So like. Uh, Luke Davies,
1: uniaki uh, This is... I love this big like. I don't think Gold Coast will try and shut him down whatsoever. And, man, his second half of the season, well, most of the season, he's been really good, but he has just been in outstanding form. So, last week, uh, I'm not too sure if he caught up with that game, but he was unbelievable. Like, uh, in that first half, that's one of the best games I have seen this season in that first half. So, you know, and it was so much so that, you know, Adelaide eventually through that middle of the third quarter they had to send uh, Sam Berry to Luke Davis Yuenaki. so because he was just doing so much damage. Like, he was unbelievable, Jeb. So, um, if Gold Coast aren't going to show him any attention there whatsoever, he just could go nuts and we know what we've seen this year from LDU is that he does have a pretty decent ceiling so I love this pick.
0: Yeah, I like the pick too. Um, this is the type of time to do it but, um, yeah, no, I've been keeping tabs on him. I, uh, I lost a competitive draft link because my opponent had him with vice-captain and he just went absolutely berserk. Mm. So um, kudos to uh, my opponent there and kudos to LDU for just absolutely having a day out in the second half of the season. And obviously one for us to watch next year, given his age bracket and development and new coach, whoever that may be, um, there's a lot to like about him.
1: Okay, who are your top three targets for round 23, assuming you don't own any?
0: So I do like Doherty against the Pies a lot. I think um, when Carlton want to control the ball, he'll be at the forefront of that. He's in for a big one. Um, Took Miller against Kangas. I just, you know, the leadership and the work rate of that bloke is just phenomenal. And he's in for another massive one. And then Mitch Duncan, um, if named against West Coast, it's going to be Bruce free footy and he'll benefit.
1: Yeah, I'm doing four here. Uh, my fourth will be known in a second. So Sam Doherty locked that pick there as well. Um, probably go back to the 50. And Zach Weems is in contention to play this week. So interesting to see how that plays out. You know, if that's the case, Weems does come in. You know, Dockerty might be that extra layer into that midfield. So that's actually either or either role is good for me. I th- still think he's good there. I like the pick either way. So uh, Luke Davis-Uniacki, just spoke about him. I think he's a a massive pick this week. And Tom Stewart for me, so targeted him a few weeks ago, but for this specific game, so hopefully he gets there. And I'm throwing in the fourth, obviously, Tom Lynch. So I think uh, I might actually do that there one day this week, see how he goes. And I think he could be in for a large day. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, you know, if I'm choosing that, the Bombers don't uh, tighten up defensively because that would just actually make that pick horrible. So... We'll see how that plays out. All right, Jeff, final thoughts ahead of round 23, your final round of the season.
0: Uh, keep the trades uh, in hand just in case. A bit of laid out, a bit of strategy. Teams that are pushing the limits with players that are fit and who might not get up, and Bonson Pelley's probably the one that's at my forefront of my mind with that comment. So hold trades, do your research on captains. Don't be shy to trade a Sinclair or... Or a bond, or those who are going to get tagged, Andy Brayshaw as well. It's it's pretty obvious, um, you know. And we're looking for the players that hit the high ceiling. And yeah, good luck to the uh, for the race to the car. Um, I got a soft spot for Matty personally, given how stressful it must have been for him for the pretty much the whole year being on top and everyone chasing him. And it's pretty close margin now. So I, I feel like, yeah, it's it's in anyone's hands, and and the the best man will win. Um, But no doubt they'll uh, have a few sleepless nights during the weekend. For me, uh, obviously, keep your
1: eyes on accurate news only. That's the only way to go. You just don't be reading any of that fake stuff. Be prepared for changes within, you know, with one game remaining. So, you know, obviously, you know, a few players might be put out the pasture, obviously, with, you know, one game to go, and they don't necessarily need to get through if they're a little bit injured there as well. And scenario build through each trade uh, for me. So if any changes do occur over the weekend, that you are fully prepared. So they are my thoughts heading into the final round of the season. So finally, Jep, on behalf of Jep, uh, thanks for tuning in for the listeners this week. Very much appreciated. The amount of listeners that we have each week is, is actually truly humbling. So thank you very much for that. And again, that is obviously very much appreciated. So you're just just your thoughts there to finish off, Jim.
0: Um, really a big thanks to you, Pete. Um, I, I do tell people this often that you are the brains trust behind this podcast and um, I'm probably the happy-go-lucky guy that gets to talk my favourite hobby, AFL fantasy, um, without doing much of the grunt work. In fact, none of the grunt work. You do it all and I thank you greatly. I thank you for AFLRatings.com. And all the content you constantly push out, you've obviously got a huge following because one, your, your resources are reliable and you don't just throw out news for the sake of it and, and people trust you. So it's a, a phenomenal amount of time from your end and we are very lucky to have you, mate. And uh, yeah, bigger and better in 2023, as always. We write down those lessons learnt and we, and we keep striving. So um, yeah, good luck to all the listeners Enjoy the last weekend of of home and away footy and finals footy about to start and it's going to get interesting. So thanks very much. Thanks for those kind words, Jeb. Uh, For the listeners, hope you
1: crush it this week. Hopefully you have had a better fantasy season than what I've had because it has been horrible injuries for me. So for those that check in and see how I'm going, it has been horrible. My season was over way early in the season, dealing with so many injuries and and from from my the way I set my team up it was a little bit unique and just got crushed early so uh, that probably won't be happening again next year but we'll see how we go and you know for me um, obviously we do talk AFL fantasy uh, season long classic mode so you know the goal is to win so my the way I set my team team up is a little bit unique uh, because when I you know if, if I'm ever a chance to win I want to be winning by you know quite a lot and have no stress throughout the year but yeah. You know, um, I take, take the risk, and uh, you only get one bullet for me, so I only play one team, and you know if, it, if it's over early in the season, so be it, but if it's not, yeah, it's some chance to win. so And, Jeff, you've had a pretty decent season, so uh, hopefully we can hit on some pretty decent scores for next year. So uh, hopefully we'll get a day off next week, so that's pretty much what I'm going to do. Um, so, again, thanks for those kind words. For the listeners, have a great score this week. Um, Again, thank you for tuning into the podcast. It's very much appreciated. And all the best for this week, Jeff. Listeners, Um, thank you for tuning in this season.
0: Thanks, guys.